Let's get some coffee ready. set. That's kind of fun. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Wednesday, August 21st. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. best things about coffee is that when you're sick, and I'm not really sick anymore, but still congested, it uh, can cut the, the phlegm. Such a gross word, isn't it? Phlegm. The way you spell it is weird. It's a very strange word. Oh, man. So, what's going on, everybody? Hope you had a great Tuesday. I'm looking forward to a great Wednesday. I don't even know what's happening today. I haven't even looked at my calendar. I have a couple ideas of what's happening today. I'm not coaching. I'm not coaching CrossFit. I did that last night. Uh, I might do some training this evening. We'll see. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Visiting a friend. Uh, got a couple meetings. I have, of course, plenty of work to get done in between all of that, as usual. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. What were the highlights of yesterday? I had tacos for dinner. That was probably the highlight. They were really good tacos. Made some guacamole. Went crazy. It was good times. Uh, got some questions. We'll get to those in a minute. Um, what else? Anything else I want to say or share? I don't think so. No. Pretty much a, a fairly straightforward day. Oh, hard by yawning. I slept really well. I don't know if I told everyone on the show. I bought a weighted blanket. And some days... Some nights, that's awesome. Other nights, not so awesome. Good morning, Jordan. Well, we got some questions here. And these questions might get a little deep. We'll see. So let's, let's start with them. If you want to ask a question, drop it below. I'll answer it tomorrow on the next episode of First Cup. Have you studied the internal arts? So when someone asks that question, they're usually talking about, uh, good morning, Daniel. You're welcome. When someone asks about or talks about internal arts, usually talking about things like Tai Chi, Qigong. Um, and not everyone likes that, those descriptors, you know, calling them internal arts or soft style or things like that. People don't always like that. But uh, when we talk about internal versus external arts, people generally know what we're talking about, even if it's not the most accurate description. So that's what I use too. Sorry. So I have done a little bit of Tai Chi training. I, I wouldn't say I've studied it. Um, 
I think at one point I, w I would be able to do the, the, the short form that many people know. But that was a long time ago. I like Tai Chi. I like the philosophies around Tai Chi and Qigong and, and these ideas that, um, well, my understanding of the ideas that you're, you're kind of growing from the inside, inside out, instead of, you know, something like karate or taekwondo where it seems like you're growing from the outside in. And both are completely suitable approaches and have their value. And if you've ever had the opportunity to train with someone who knows the martial art applications of these internal arts, they can be really impressive. I know someone who knows Tai Chi on a level of no, that no one else I've ever met does. And he knows how to use it. And I've worked with him a little bit and it's awesome. The first time I, I, I think really the, the most significant memory for this gentleman whose name is Scott that I have, he came to Taekwondo class one day. He was invited by my Taekwondo instructor and he opted to use me as the throwing dummy. And I would step in and punch, no, no, punch fast. And I was punching as fast as I can. And he would move so quickly, but so gently, and with this huge smile on his face, this Cheshire cat grin, and I'd be on the ground without any sense of what happened, not in any pain at all. I'd just say, can, can you do that again? You know, I was trying to pick up little bits of what he was doing, and it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I've done judo and jujitsu and aikido. I've been thrown around by people, a lot. But I'd never experienced anything like this. And, I, and I've told him pretty much every time I've seen him since, if, if you ever are willing to teach a class or to me or whatever, please, I will move heaven and earth to come train with you. And this guy is remarkable. And there are other people who, who train Tai Chi in that way, but I would just, I would love to learn that. So much fun. I mean, who doesn't want to kick the crud out of people without hurting them or they don't even know what's going on? Do you think studying the internal arts is important to becoming a well-rounded martial artist? <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to say important, but I would say valuable. I like to describe learning martial arts as playing a game of Trivial Pursuit. You travel around, you learn some things, and you're, you're building out that, that pie, right? So in Trivial Pursuit, you have that pie and you have the little wedges. The first martial art that you train in for any significant time anyway is going to be the biggest wedge that you have. And then as you train in other places, uh, Jordan, we do this every morning. Um, as you train in other places, you add more wedges. You, you round out your martial arts expertise. So you may start in karate like I did and then um, train in a few other styles of karate and uh, maybe capoeira and then taekwondo and some kempo and some jujitsu and 
you end up with a bunch of different things, a bunch of wedges in your trivial pursuit piece, which is you and your martial arts. I think for most of us, if we want to think of this internal versus external dichotomy, most of us spend our time in our external arts. And yet if our goals are really personal development, the internal side that whatever you choose to call Tai Chi, Qigong, etc. <coughs> it's a big piece that's lacking for many of us, you know, admittedly including myself. Some of that may be access, some of it is that, you know, let's face it, um, learning to kick people in the head is generally more exciting for most people. Uh, that is a more marketable aspect of martial arts than moving slowly and gracefully with an eye towards internal, I'm not going to attempt an explanation beyond that, internal stuff. So, to I, I would say everyone should look for the opportunity and not just at the end of life. You know, for a lot of people, Tai Chi becomes a thing that they do in their 70s or their 80s so they can keep moving. Tai Chi is valuable at any age. Internal arts are valuable at any point. Um, I have a good friend who's a, a high-level Qigong practitioner. She's younger than I am. She's been doing it for a very long time. And, you know, we've had some great conversations about it and, and at some point, yeah, I'll, I, I hope that, you know, we can trade notes because it's very interesting. The things I've, I've talked to her about, I think are really fascinating. So, yeah. Should everybody do it? No, but everybody should consider doing it. <laughs> That's great, Jordan. Yeah, this cup's on uh, whistlekick.com. So Jordan's saying that, that he's gonna buy one of these first cup mugs. Cool. I mean, that's why we made them. I, to be perfectly honest, we made them so I could have one because I needed to have one. Uh, but they're inexpensive. I think they're like 12 bucks, 13 bucks, free shipping. You know, we're not, I think we make like a dollar on them. You know, not. There are plenty of things on the store that, that we make money on. There are other things that we do not. This cup is probably one of them. All right. Last of the three questions that were submitted. And if you want to ask a question, drop it below. I'll answer it tomorrow. I think I said that already. What are the benefits of receiving acupuncture treatment? So this question dovetails in really well. Uh, I had acupuncture yesterday. I've received, I mean, there, there have been some gaps, but I've received acupuncture monthly for years. Uh, admittedly, I've received acupuncture from I think two or three people ever, but 98% of it's been from this one person. Uh, a guy named Josh who's become a good friend. He's a great guy. And my monthly visits are, are pretty much we sit down. I tell him what's going on with me physically, spiritually, emotionally. And he's like, okay. And then I lay on the table and he puts needles in various spots and I take a quick nap, and I get up, and I go on my way. Excuse me. Early on, 
So back in like 2004, I was on antidepressants. I'd been on antidepressants for about a year, a uh, real low dose of, of Prozac, a generic Prozac. And it was helping. And then I started going to acupuncture. And after four treatments, there was a voice in my head that said, you don't need these pills anymore. So I stopped. I haven't been on anything like that since. Could there be a, a placebo effect from the acupuncture? Yes. Could there have been a placebo effect for the, the pills in the first place? Yes. But I believe that it was acupuncture that resolved some of the energetic imbalances in my body that necessitated the medication. I will always be an advocate of acupuncture for that reason and for the reason that acupuncture is, is non-invasive. Um, it doesn't have side effects. It doesn't hurt. I mean, sometimes, depending on the spot, the needle can be a little twingy, but it's pretty remarkable stuff. And not every acupuncture practitioner is going to be great. Some of them are... Like anything, right? You have martial artists that are good, martial artists that are great, martial artists that probably shouldn't be teaching anybody anything. So if you've tried acupuncture once or with one person and it didn't work, try it with someone else. It's like anything else. Different people do it in different ways. I think acupuncture should be considered... as part of everyone's health routine. Acupuncture, movement, chiropractic, exercise, you know, weight training. Um, there are a handful of things that I do that I think keep me healthy. Acupuncture is one of those things. People use acupuncture for a lot of things and, and I mean, Here's a disclosure part. I'm not a doctor. I'm not offering medical advice. You're at your own risk. Um, Jordan's writing in. I've studied Wing Chun as he and I have discussed in email. I'm dying to figure out how to properly put high kicks into my arsenal. I feel like no amount of stretching is... All right. I'm going to answer that in a moment. Hang tight. Um, acupuncture can be useful for things like stopping smoking or um, digestive issues. Uh, it's used side-by-side side with uh, when people are going through cancer treatment. The, the fact that it operates on a different level, it's operating on an energetic level. And if you don't believe in energy and meridians and, and such, then, you know, maybe acupuncture isn't going to be for you. But um, science is, has proven to us that all matters is energy. So I don't, to me, it's not a very big step to go from that to acupuncture, right? Um, check it out. Consider it. I think it's well worthwhile. All right, so Jordan has this question that he wrote in over email, and I asked him to stop by because it was going to turn into a longer answer, and I didn't feel like typing it, and I thought other people might want to hear it. So 
Um, he studied Wing Chun. He's trying to figure out how to properly put high kicks into his arsenal. I feel like no amount of stretching is getting his kicks higher. How can he change it? Okay, so first let's talk about stretching. If I take a rubber band and I stretch it, and I have it here, and then I, you know, I fix these two points, and then I stretch it more, what part of the rubber band stretches? The stretchiest part, the part that needs the least amount of work. That's what happens when we stretch our muscles. The parts that are the tightest, that are the most in need of work, are not the parts that stretch. And if you find ways to isolate and, and make those stretch, that's where you run the risk of injury. I'm gonna go out on a, a it's not a limb. I'm gonna make a statement. The majority of people do not understand stretching and flexibility. Daniel's saying, my partner suffers infrequent, once a year or so, shoulder spasm, acupuncture is pretty much the only thing that helps her. Yeah, acupuncture can be great for such a variety of things, especially things that we don't quite understand why they're happening. So most people don't understand flexibility. Most people think that, you know, I'm gonna stretch a bunch before I work out. Well, let's put it this way. Let's say, let's say I have tight shoulders and let's say I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lift weights. I'm gonna press, part of it's gonna be pressing weight overhead. And my shoulder only goes to here and now I stretch it a bunch and I get it to go to here and I'm pressing weight here. Well, now I've got this range of motion. I've got this way that my arm works that I don't have experience with. My arm isn't conditioned to lift weight there. You're welcome, Jordan. So if I'm, if I'm pressing here in this new range of motion, all I've done is run the risk of greater injury. Ugh. Uh, what started me thinking about this? I did it to myself. Uh, I started working on shoulder flexibility when I was doing gymnastics and was doing handsprings through this new range of motion and really messed up my shoulders for a couple years. I've recovered from that, but it's become something I've really started to dig into. And for many of you, you know that uh, I, I train with Superfoot on occasion. Uh, I've been blessed to be included in that organization. And of course, in the Superfoot organization, flexibility is something we talk about and work on quite a bit. So, if it's not stretching, what is it? It's mobility. So here's the example that I'm going to give you. And I see this example time and time again, because as many of you know, not only do I, I teach and train in martial arts, but also in CrossFit. So one of the things that happens in CrossFit is that we end up with some of these these movements, these movement patterns that I get to learn a lot from and then bring back into martial arts and the way I talk about and teach martial arts. Hamstrings, what we, what we call the posterior chain, pretty much from the knee up to the low back in the body, is tight on most people. Why? Because we do what I'm doing right now, we sit. And so those muscles get conditioned to either be here or I'm standing up. If you ask most people to squat, to really like, how low can you bring your butt to the ground? Most people can't do a full range squat because they spend so much time sitting. This is what your body adapts to doing. We've talked on this show a lot about adaptation because it's, some, it's one of the ways I see the world. What you work on is what you become good at. What your body is used to 
is what it becomes efficient at. So if I spend a lot of time sitting, this is what my body becomes used to. If I rarely drop into a full squat, if this is my, this is my butt, if I sit here at 90 degrees all the time, this is what my body becomes used to. And the moment I try to go here, it becomes really tight in my hamstrings and my low back and through my glutes and it sucks and it hurts and I don't like it, right? But if you work on it over time, if you practice it, you get better at it. It's like anything we do in martial arts. So how do we take this knowledge and how do we apply this to Jordan's question about high kicks? We recognize that stretching five minutes a day isn't the solution to the problem of not having high kicks. We recognize that not using that range of motion 23 hours a day, 23 hours and 55 minutes a day is the problem that we're trying to overcome. So if we're looking to improve our kicks in that way, we have to attempt to use that range of motion. So you've got two kinds of stretching. You've got dynamic stretching or ballistic stretching where you're moving through a range of motion. For example, um, if I'm going to stretch my shoulder, you know, and I do this and I'm swinging my arm back, this would be a dynamic stretch, right? I'm trying to stretch that range of motion very gently each time, just a tiny little bit versus to, I could grab the back of the couch and crank on my shoulder. This would be a static stretch. Ballistic or dynamic stretching, uh, we're starting to see more and more evidence that that is the way to increase range of motion because you are warming up the muscles, the ligaments, all the, the tissue that's involved, and you are, with each repetition, moving a, a fractional amount back. So here's my suggestion. If you're looking to kick higher, and you know, admittedly, everybody's got these stretching routine videos out there. Um, I've seen some of them. I like a few of them. Way, way on the back burners is Whistlekick doing one of our own because we're spending our time working on things that other people aren't doing. But if I was to do a stretching protocol for people, it would be based around ballistic movement. So let's say I'm trying to get better at kicking higher. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to use the wall, and I'm going to attempt to relax all of my muscles, and I'm going to swing my leg. So let's say I'm trying to work better, work, you know, this, this hamstring glute thing. I want to be able to do a front kick higher. I'm going to swing my leg up and down and up and down, right up until that end range of motion, just before the point where it's really tight, little, little tension. And as I get there, just keep swinging it. And I'll do five or 10 of those and then I'll do the other side. And then maybe I go back, do another, <coughs> excuse me, another five or 10. <coughs> and if you do that, you should see that the difference between your first one and your last one is different. Might not be dramatic, but as long as it's different and you do that a few times a day, See, this is the challenge. This is the part that people don't like, is that if you want to make permanent change on something, you have to send enough signal to the body that it adapts. If you say, hey, I want to kick high this one time, your body's going to say, yeah, okay, I don't really need to care about that. I don't need to make permanent change in my physiology 
because you wanted to kick high one time. There are a lot of people, and now I'm going to share this with you, and now you're going to see it, and now it's going to drive you nuts like it drives me nuts, but this is fun. Not really. Most people do not have the flexibility to kick high. They make concessions in their body. I saw a photo on Facebook the other day of someone saying, which is the proper front kick? Now, of course, there are different variations in a front kick, front snap, front thrust, whatever. A lot of different ways you can throw a front kick. But in this particular system, um, the planted foot is supposed to be more or less pointed forward and pull your toes back and kick high. There were four examples. Two of the people had bent their planted knee so much and rounded their back to release their posterior chain because they didn't have enough flexibility to get their foot over their head. And the other two people turned their planted foot sideways so much that it shut off the posterior chain and it became a hip stretch to get the foot that high. A lot of people cheat their flexibility. So there's a lot more we could talk about with flexibility and stretching, but Jordan, that's the bottom line, is that find ways to mimic the movement you're looking for in as relaxed a state as possible and in a moving way, a ballistic way. Don't push it. Aim for three times a day. It should take you maybe two minutes, probably a minute to 90 seconds each time. And then let me know what's going on in two weeks. I bet you will see dramatic improvement. And that's the formula that I use to work on flexibility with everyone. Homework coming in a moment, but don't forget, we do the show every weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube. If you want to catch it later, you can watch at firstcupwithjeremy.com. Of course, you can watch here on YouTube, or you can listen, audio-only version, in your podcast app. Any podcast app, we should show up. Uh, get your mug at whistlekick.com. And uh, I don't think we have a first cup shirt. I didn't bother because I'm not going to wear it because I wear my bathrobe. All right. I don't know why I'm picking up the tablet. Uh, homework. We talked a lot about internal arts earlier. So let's make the homework based around that. I'm not going to say, hey, you're welcome, turn. Um, I'm not going to tell you, hey, your homework is to go learn Tai Chi. That's a little bit excessive for homework. But your homework is to think about not the outside, but the inside. I want you to think about you and who you are during your training. We're not all the same person when we're training. Sometimes we're slightly different people in versus out of training. Sometimes we're dramatically different people. For example, I never feel more powerful, and I don't mean strength-wise, but just more belonging, more presence of who I am than when I'm in a martial arts class. I feel amazing. That to put on a, a, a uniform, a gi or a dobok is, it's my superhero suit. So spend some time reflecting on that. Who are you? Who are you when you put on that belt or that uniform or you step into that space to train? If there's a big difference between who you are in and out, reflect on why. If you're the same person, okay. Are you 
growing? Are you a different person than you were, at least? Martial arts is about personal development, so make sure that you are developing and being personal. I hope you have a fantastic day. I will see you back here tomorrow. Take care. Peace.